Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. A 15. Hi. It's that Christmas miracle. Christmas magic. <laughs> a little pre-Christmas. A little like, hey, reminder, Christmas is coming. Maybe it's you should buy a present now. or send a card. And maybe I won't. I don't know. And it's already candle nights. Oh, my goodness. Candle nights is upon us. And you guys, I heard that uh, Santa's going to be driving through my neighborhood at oh some my point gosh. this afternoon. So I might have to run out and see him real quick. I, I don't know when. I'm sorry. So <laughs> you you also live in Florida. Santa? Mm-hmm. Santa's in, driving around in Florida. Yeah, he's making a quick appearance, going around schmoozing with everybody, so, you know. (laughs) This makes sense to me. Yeah. I, and uh, I do live in the North Pole, Mm -hmm. um, I would escape to Florida whenever I could. That's fair. Yeah, it's a quick flyby, so just as a heads up, I might have to suddenly run out and uh, go meet up with him real quick. I am deeply hoping that this does happen. Me too. (laughs) But for now, we find ourselves here in, what's the name of the city? Prosperity? Prosperity. Yes. In yes. the drip and sip. <laughs> right? Never forget. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always with these names, boys. The drip and sip. What was the other one? The chug Chug and squeeze. Chug and squeeze. That's it. <laughs> uh, okay. And we do find out that this is this definitely is Taryn. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is who Gray intended for them to meet with. Yes. And the boys wonder, as we did, wait, mm-hmm. was this a sudden quick prank by Gray? <laughs> To be like, hey, go meet up with this person who wants to kill you. I do love that they're like, man, I I thought it was on the level. I thought it was so, was cool. so cool. And Argo's like, I mean, he is a demon prince. Like, ah, there is that, yeah. I feel like maybe Fitzroy is just so easily swayed by people. Maybe not even easily swayed. He just, he wants to believe in people, maybe. And mm-hmm. Argo has to be there to be like, my boy, though. He's a demon prince. <laughs> bring him bring him back down. Mm-hmm. It's it's very socially awkward that they have shown up for this meet with somebody who really who is. thinks that they're murderers and and is has already called the police and a lot. It's a tough day <laughs> to be a minimum wage worker or the owner of the of the drip and sip. There's so much here at the very top. We also learn just in passing. Oh, Calhane was her fiance. Jeez. Oh, this mm-hmm. is mm. bad to worse. <laughs> Better just lock the door. That will solve all of their problems, oh probably. Argo, thank you, as always, for your quick maneuvering. Um, also, I love the idea of snide remarks by your teammates then possibly working against you in the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. But I do also appreciate the fact that they do not want to necessarily gamify their ass hattery. <laughs> but I like that it came up. It yeah. really does matter who your DM is mm-hmm. and how it's like, okay, roll. Like, all right. And they're like, right. oh, shit. Gotta watch it. <laughs> Which we definitely see more of later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. In just a moment here. Um Because, yeah, first they have to try to level with Taryn and convince her, no, no, listen, I know you're mad. But one, technically, Calhane did get killed by Grey, not us. Right, right. They didn't help, but... I mean, okay, for sure, Fitzroy did take his hand off. That's he on did. Fitz. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Argo. Argo. It was helped. a team effort. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that was just the that was just the hands. Just I mean, the hand. Mean, you can do a lot without one hand. You can do a lot with only one hand. Mm-hmm. You can't do a lot though if you're burnt to a crisp from the inside. Yeah, which I can't remember is... if that's how he demised, but 
I, I know at couldn't least remember, but that sounds what? right. <laughs> Wait, what just happened? happened? I got I got spooked in my own home. Oh. <laughs> Is it all right? Did Santa it's come fine. to see you first? <laughs> Almost. Was it Was it a bunch of strange boys who claimed to be working with your boss? Oh yeah, yes, those. that's it. That's the one. Well, call the ripped lobster fisherman officers <laughs> to come get him out of with there with the best accents oh, my gosh. in the world. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I need these guys drawn for me, acted out for me. Well, as soon as they called them lobster fishermen, I went from imagining them in like, okay, maybe some light chain mail or something. I was like, oh, well, now they're just in the full on Gordon's fisherman outfit oh, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. The, the uniform is like a, a nice knitted sweater for sure. Oh, love that. That's even better. I was thinking the full like yellow rain slicker yeah. hat, boots. Well, you got to have the sweater on under that, you know. Okay, 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 yeah. Perfect. Loving all this. Mm-hmm. Side note, when he called him lobstermen, I didn't know if they were then trying to like take it like they are lobsters who Part are lobster. men. Mm. <laughs> and if we could all jump back 500 years ago to SpongeBob, where they had the giant lobster. Oh, yeah, the, that one like, like hulking dude. Yeah. So that was also <laughs> an option. Just putting it out there. He could, could be. also be wearing the cable knit sweater with mm-hmm. the yellow jacket. Sure. We could have it all. Why not? Whether you're a lobster or whether you have to fight lobsters for dominance. Either way, you're you're buff, I guess. Right? Like, that's the takeaway here. Either way, it's it's a look. Mm Mm-hmm. They could take out Clint McElroy, and he's the strongest man that Justin knows. So, you know, that says a lot. (laughs) So cute. And, you know, this whole scene, a lot of stuff is cleared up. And we learned some very important facts. Uh, Like, one, the boys are murderers, not murderers. (laughs) Another, the ring-tailed swallow exists yeah oh the other one with its w yeah mm-hmm. the other yeah, the other one that this, this poor oh. man is going to be trying to find for the rest of his life it's gonna be his, his own like version of a white whale but instead it's a little bird <laughs> <laughs> and lastly of course we do learn that griffin did beat mike back in 96 so. that was it was incredible. <laughs> he rolled for it he made it <laughs> Those are the moments where it's like, all right, roll for it. You said a dumb thing. Let's see. Yep, let's see if it's yep. true. And it, it, well, we all believe it in any case. Whether right? or not it's true doesn't matter. <laughs> right. The story holds. This is this is one of those things where they make some silly joke about a celebrity. And I, I hope that it's one of the ones that actually somehow makes it to the celebrity <laughs> in oh, some yeah. way. That but like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's, maybe know. Mike's a little bored. Maybe he's taken up D&D. I wouldn't say that he can't. <laughs> Sure. You never know. You don't know. know. He could have heard you this. You can't assume such a thing. Uh-huh. He could be ready for, for a, a rematch. <laughs> That's true. Be like, he's been waiting this whole time to take down Griffin, and now he knows. <laughs> the time, the time is now. Come. He probably could dunk Griffin. Not not dunk on Griffin, but actually right. dunk Grab Griffin. Grab Griffin. <laughs> cradle him. Absolutely just throw him through a basketball hoop. Yeah. <laughs> Non-judgmentally. I mean, that sounds awesome. He could probably dunk me, too, so... <laughs> Just line up, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I do love, though, that so we have these like lines of just amazing deception rolls, followed by the worst insight checks in the world. So they were, they're finished just lying their asses off. They're like, Mm -hmm. so Taryn, mm, hmm, where'd she go? Like, where, who, huh? (laughs) Because who's the one who actually makes it fearbulg? He's the only one able to talk to her. 
No, uh, Argo <laughs> threw a reroll because he had something that right. allowed him. Yeah, his, no, his it was a monocle. one and a two, yeah, a nine, <laughs> and then an eighteen minus one, seventeen. I was like, good God, what is <laughs> Hey, we've Good all had news. those days where the house keys wind up in the freezer, you know? I mean, I, I can understand where they were coming from. You just kind of zone out. Yeah, you're fair. looking all over for your phone. It's in your hand the entire time. Oh, my gosh. Days. I had that yesterday. <laughs> well. I looked forever for my phone. It was plugged in next to my bed. I'm, like, downstairs, like, turning things over, crawling under the couch. <laughs> like, no idea. Upstairs. At least it wasn't playing music or you weren't talking to somebody. I saw this really cute TikTok once and the girl's, like pranking her friend i don't even remember that she's like I- i'm making a tiktok can you help me find my phone and they come out they're like yeah okay and they're like <laughs> looking up at the phone that's recording Aww. them like okay yeah let's see if we can find it. <laughs> it was very cute but so there you go that was these boys that's the tiktok yeah. they're Beerful. making in the corner <laughs> exactly they have to find uh, Fitzroy's phone oh wait he said it to record them he forgot to they have to find taryn and she's helping them look <laughs> Well, and we learned that this barkeep is apparently oh really chill. He's real cool. He's not going to, like, tell on any of the things that he's ever heard. I am glad that Justin made the commentary that the barkeep could not keep talking because otherwise he was going to become a favorite character. Oh, and he was too late. Absolutely correct. Oh, yeah. He's, he's my new favorite. <laughs> it was already too late. I mean. Yes. As soon as he started talking, we were like, well... Everybody's going to need this guy to show back up again. I'm sorry. <laughs> good accent, good name, which was Justin's fault. And and mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. and our, our ship, our fandom ship, not the other kind, has, has already sailed. Absolutely. It's true. The good ship Patrick Shortburn <laughs> has left the dock and it's you can't bring it back. He lives with the lobster fishermen now and oh. they're just going to live counting the beans, counting the beans. <laughs> then to try to quickly kill him by having tea fall on him. <laughs> And then Fitz save him. Like, I got it. Like, we we can't. Probably even stronger now. Oh, that whole scene. I was giggling so much. It was so I, funny. It's so wonderful. Like, the play <laughs> that... Uh, uh, they were all so having good. a lot of fun. And it's always... Like, I feel like they're always having fun with it. But sometimes they're all, like, a little extra goofy. And yes. that's and even Justin more entertaining. Just so out of, like, I want him... God, I want him out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what the, at what point oh, no. I can't when fearful does something Justin goes wow he's like that was just a back where I just walked <laughs> that's what they're in the hog yeah he just he just came in for a coffee god, oh god it's so, so funny I I probably laughed the most in this episode, but also I'm like, what am I supposed to write for notes? Like, exactly. LOL. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> right. You're just like, what commentary is there even to make on it? We all just had a lot of fun listening to this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a lot of LOLs, mm-hmm. which now at least I'm doing in my home and not on a plane or... It's a lot more comedy privacy now. Comedy <laughs> privacy. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. There was a good chance if I was laughing and or crying at something in a podcast that that was right when the uh, the Delta flight attendant would be like, do you want Biscoffs or cheez oh, Absolutely. <laughs> and I was and, trying to cover for it. <laughs> my quick story time, yeah. which I think I might have actually brought up before. I was on the plane. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, and I remember it was the Tessaralia Losers. Like, that's <laughs> where we were at. And I was just giggling so much. And it was before the plane had taken off. And one of the flight <laughs> attendants came over and he was like, ma'am, I just have to tell you, you were so much fun to watch. Like, I don't know what you're listening to, but <laughs> you're 
great time. And it was just so sweet. Like, he was just like, I just need you to know. <laughs> I've got my eye on you and I'm having a blast. <laughs> I'm like, great. That's the best case scenario when you're like, oh, okay, good. At least it's entertaining truly. to other people. And yeah. you're just like, God, will that girl keep it down over there with her laughs? Because, yeah, I I was trying so much to just, like, kind of keep it in. And he just sure. had to let me know, like, you're fine. <laughs> let it out, girl. I was like, great. How dare you experience joy in public? <laughs> Will you please keep it down over there with your enjoyment? Ma'am, I need you to settle. Also, would you like peanuts? Yes, please. Thank you. All right, Taryn, let's chat. Let's have a walk and talk. Fitz really wants this walk and talk. (laughs) I love a walk and talk. I like to think in his mind, they look very cinematic. And like, that's why he wants it so badly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they do agree that (laughs) she will help them. And... If it turns out that they're deceiving her, she gets to kill them. And I think that's totally fair. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a rough amount of information for her to take in because it's like, well, so much. they kind of tortured my fiance, but then also the guy who's my boss who was fighting them is now working with them, but also he killed my fiance. Right. So, I mean, there's right. a lot of conflicting feelings here in terms of what her next move is. Taryn's going through the whole gamut right now. Like She really is. Well, and you know, I wonder if part of it is like you have to expect some sort of deception and awful things to happen if you start teaming up with a demon prince. I don't yeah. know. It does seem like that might have been in the contract initially, right? Like, like Right, just yeah. wiser to expect it could happen. Yeah. Speaking of contracts, once they get to the hog, mm-hmm. what are they signing? Like the visitor <laughs> log, you know? Okay. I imagined it was, it yeah, just, just like a bunch like of like... pages and pages of it. I'm like, wait, what? are they buying a house? <laughs> What is this? I figure it's just to po- to further show how ridiculous and red tapey this yeah. entire world is. That like, gotcha. Okay, maybe like this is your waiver in case anything happens to you while you're here. This is mm-hmm. who shows okay. what time you got here. That's what I'm. That guessing. makes sense to me. Now. Yeah, you can't sue them if you slip on the floor because it's wet. Right. That uh, kind of or stuff. anything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they want to keep pretty careful track of who's in and out and mm-hmm. and control what they do in some way while they're while they're there. I did like the. I mean, they were sort of joking about it, but I like the idea of that if you tried to sign a fake name which may or may not have been something silly involving butts that it just changes to your real name (laughs) magically yes i like that a lot that's a very practical magical Mm -hmm. pen yes also for what it's worth him describing the hog like the vision of it from the outside Mm -hmm. because there's like the banners everywhere and these giant statues so i kind of imagine a little bit like stormwind from world of warcraft which is Mm. very it's like the alliance city it's all very like white stone and beautiful um right and then also mixed a little bit with like the air of celebration that goes on in San Diego each year for Comic-Con with like, oh, oh banners up everywhere. Yeah. And just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It seems fun, but also regal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had sort of like a weird policy fancier version of like the building from control some of the interiors in control but like not with floating dead people like if that was all gold (laughs) and shiny and beautiful um yeah something like that kind of that the architecture is like really impressive but also kind of cold Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Mm. And he did keep saying Art Deco, which I guess in mine I did not fold in, but I like that. The coldness kind of plays a part yeah. in Art Deco, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I went a little I went a little bit later than Art Deco, I think mentally, but yeah. Yeah. But I think like the most maybe the most important detail of this description is that Travis says this is a city block. Like this is a huge yeah, it's huge. huge building. Like they're really cuz I I think that that's maybe at least for me sort of mm-hmm. hit like what they were going up against, like somehow having the the space be physical large. Mm. I was like, 
like, oh, yeah, this is a huge organization with a lot of people in it, especially finding yeah. out that, that Taryn works there, too, in the archives. Right. Yes. Which, yeah, once she gets the boys through the paperwork, which I do love that, like, yeah, you got to keep it by the book. You got to do mm-hmm. what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And now she's going to go do her job, maybe, but first she might just set her head down for a bit. <laughs> After a stiff drink. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And who could blame her? 100%. Like, in an RPG, the NPCs all have so much stress. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. I've, I've been re-listening to another actual play podcast, Neo Scum, and just, just mm-hmm. marveling at, like, the things that they put the NPCs through. <laughs> like, the amount of stress that they have, uh, you know, they come into these people's lives and just sort of throw it into chaos. <laughs> and I think oh, yeah, that's very much what's happened to Taryn. And again, remember the emotional roller coaster she was just put through. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Yeah. And now she has to work with these three ding-dongs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. While doing her actual job. Right. Whatever that may be. Yeah. So she can't really be blamed for going back to work and not dealing with them so that now the uh, receptionist has to instead. Oh, my God. Listen, I... This whole, like, baby's day out situation with her boys loose in the hog, trying to find Althea, which they could find. So then this next scene was initially confusing to me when they go back to the receptionist. But it also turned out to be one of my favorite scenes, possibly in this entire campaign so far, of Fitzroy talking to her and just whining at her. Whiniest. The whiniest of voices. All to get a map. Which he didn't even want just a map. He wanted, like, fucking blueprints. And it's like, Fitzroy, why do you think she has that? Like, blueprints and showed everything. So funny. And just like, oh, yeah. like, do I go we already down? tried that. It's like, no, you didn't. I watched it. That's what I love is when the NPCs don't just back down. And it's like, no, I watched you walk over there. Then you came back here and told me you were lost. And I'm telling you how to get to where you're trying to go. They're not susceptible to even this level of uwu. They're just not buying it today. No, it's not working. God, not on this so one. Good. She's seen too much. That's why they put her at the front. She's like, I'm not letting just anybody do whatever here. I love it. Yes. See, that would be me for sure. I've love had it. I've had this happen in my life where children are just like, but and I'm like, I don't even care. Turn around. Go get your chaperone. I'm not dealing with you right now. Here's your map. It says go upstairs. <laughs> Oh my goodness, it was such a good play. Uh, but we know Althea Song uh, is in Office 315 on the third floor. Mm-hmm. So I can't visualize any kind of like space, but I definitely wrote down like Taryn works in the archives, it's in the center of the building, and Althea is in Office 315 because maybe somehow, some way, that information is going to be important <laughs> to us. It could be, right? I mean, I do love that. You seem to take down like the details. Like you'll you'll be there with the numbers We'll be there with the facts. Right. Such as, as they're going through, Travis gives them the biggest gift in the world and they don't take it. Wait, which is the it? fact that nobody's paying attention to the male persons. Right. Which, like, they sort of play on it, but not in the way they that you would usually expect them to. They to put a crab in the bed. <laughs> That's it exactly. It felt like Travis was setting it up for them to pretend to be. Yes. Male carriers. Uh-huh. And instead, that's where it was like, all right, what is Snipper's going to do once he's in there? Which I did love this teamwork. Oh Fearball, pretend to, uh-oh, really intensely trip this <laughs> what a What a blessed role that it, that it oh didn't go. I mean, because that oh made so much more sense that somebody tells the Fearball to fake something and he's completely incapable and just mm-hmm. really trips him. It works perfectly with the lore. And then, like, picturing it in my mind, Fearbulb being like, oh, okay, Fitz thinking he's going to take a small trip. No, no, like, beefs it into the ground. Argo, <laughs> deftly 
picking him up, handing off snippers into the into the <laughs> mail cart, which I did really like that. I was like, those are those little moments. Argo, you're mm-hmm. paying attention, you're watching. I love mm-hmm. it. If this was if this was animated, we could have an entire like there would be an entire spin-off section of either this episode or like maybe its own standalone episode that was just Ooh, spy yeah. crab. Yes. <gasps> love. Yes. Can't wait. Oh, it could be like a little like those Pixar shorts that mm-hmm. you'll see. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, it's yeah. just him peeking this out from some great. tiny boxes they wheel him around. <gasps> He's, it's like a little tiny solid snake. He's just hiding in the little box. <laughs> oh my box. gosh. Okay, now I need, now I need the art. I do want to see the box skittering sure. across the floor and everyone oh being goodness. like, did that move? <laughs> it's fine. It's probably fine. And um, Neller, can you please put the, like. Of course. Thank he you. He looks out, the little exclamation point goes up, hides in the box. That's it. That's <laughs> and you mean. know, the box has to be, it's like a box somebody's paper clips came in because he's very small at this mm-hmm. point. Very small and golden. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> um, this whole scene, though, this is what I'll play for anyone who's like starting DMing mm. and they like think they have an idea of how it's going to go. I'm like, oh. okay, but this is what you need to understand. You can package it and put a bow on it and hand deliver it and they are going to look at it smile nod throw it behind them and then set the room on fire like that's what's gonna happen uh-huh. you can't plan Mm-mm. they're gonna do what they're gonna do Mm-hmm. which is apparently put a just, crab in a mail bin and see what happens just uh, send this crab out i wonder because i'm like Baby is he stay out <laughs> Is he trying to get almost like a GPS of the building? Like, is he trying to map it out depending on where Snippers goes? That's where I was wondering what he thought the next. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know if they be. thought that far. Just like, you know, I mean, I if you have a tiny crab, I mean, you might mm-hmm. as well. You might as well use it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially because like, even thinking about it now, I'm like, who knows what Snippers will hear? Because like, mm. Fitzroy mm. should be able to hear it, right? Yeah, mm. he's used him as a little spy crab before. Right. Oh, yeah, when he went under the door and he closed uh-huh. the <laughs> And then there was a board over it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> snippers. No crabs. No Snippers allowed. Oh, it's so cute. Uh, well, I can't wait to find out what he hears or sees later. Hopefully they remember that they did this. Please remember that you put a tiny crab <laughs> in a mailbag. <laughs> he is going to end up being the darling. This is like when Porkchop gets found out in that episode of Doug when they're trying to spy on the girls having a slumber party. I don't even think they're oh, trying yeah. to spy on them. They're trying to get something out of the house that the girls have. And they send in Porkchop the dog. And then it cuts to the girls all like playing limbo with Porkchop. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. They're going to find <laughs> snippers. Candy go. Exactly. I was I was picturing them walking away from the hog at the end of this, like maybe with an explosion behind them, like all chill, and then all of a sudden, like a smash (laughs) zoom to Fitz going, "Oh no, we forgot Snippers," and then cuts black. (laughs) And yours is very dark. No, he's gonna be Snippers is fine. Snippers is more confident than all three of them put together. (laughs) I mean, that is true. Also, he is a magical crab. Yeah. He is. He'll be fine. He's literally made of magic. Mm. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? <laughs> Why are we in the hog? <laughs> right. Great question. We are trying to figure out how to take it out from the inside. The boys are still trying to figure out what that means. First, though, they figure, well, we're here. Let's go see our friend Althea. And when they get to her room, the fact that she's not in there, I was initially like, oh, well, maybe she's still out with Hieronymus. Mm. The fact that she wasn't in there and her door is unlocked seemed very suspicious to me. Maybe she I mean, went to get coffee, Brittany. <laughs> like, right. I'm thinking, she might have just assumed she didn't have to lock it. Right. Like if you're working in a building where you essentially trust everybody because it's just a bunch of offices, I don't think I would but lock my door. But she doesn't trust everybody. 
That is true. But I mean, maybe she doesn't really have things that she was worried about anybody getting into. Like she's not writing down a. But we already know this isn't true. Well, but I mean, she doesn't have she doesn't have like a giant notepad on her on her desk that says how to take down the hog. Step one, you know, like she can go to the communal fridge and grab her macaroni and it's fine. Yes, I agree with Anne's line of thinking. I see it more like even the folder that Fitzroy does find that, of course, has evil stamped over it. One, I was like, whoa, are we about (laughs) to learn some crazy shit about Althea? Only slightly sad stuff, really, about her. Mm -hmm. Um, But even that isn't a thing. It's a thing she doesn't want to talk about, but it's not a thing that, like, Ray could use against her. Yeah. You know I don't don't think it's secret. Mm -hmm. It's got to be. I mean, these are, like, hog files. Like, they know this about her. If anybody needed to know that, I'm yeah. sure they would know already. So mm-hmm. I, I I, do think it's mostly a, like, anything, if I'm her, anything that I wouldn't want Gray or his people to know, I'm keeping on me or a safe in my home or a box of the bank. So now I'm deciding uh-huh. her purposely leaving it unlocked is to be like, mm, I got nothing to hide. Oh, hmm. there you go. Turn it around. Maybe. Yeah. It's like, you want to snoop? Go ahead. Go for it. See what you're going to find out. Good luck to ya. Side note, lock your doors all the time <laughs> if you have an office. I mean, that is kind of the takeaway of our show that we've been saying since day one. Do not uh-huh. trust anybody. So, <laughs> you know, trust fair point. Don't pet cats. You don't know. We've always said it and we mean it. <laughs> And in this case for her, it did let three rowdy boys into her room who then, I like that Fitz wanted to immediately look around and that the other two push back. Fearbug, mm-hmm. of course, wasn't into it. And Argo being like, well, yeah, we're kind of trying to get her on our side because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be more valuable and maybe let's not piss her off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that Fitz ever annoys anyone. My Fitz <laughs> Or potentially no. gets on their bad side. Never. He is 100% Fitz, 100% of the time. And sometimes that that's a true. problem. <laughs> There it is. Yes. 100% fits 100% of the time. I feel like that's should a shirt. Be a shirt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he's a spicy boy and he doesn't manage Ooh. to get the desk drawer closed fast enough because apparently she had in fact just gone to the fridge to grab her lunch. She was yeah. not. I mean, we don't know how long she'd been gone by the time they showed up, but it was clearly like she had just briefly stepped out, which was why the okay. office was still open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Yes, if she was, if she had been out with Hieronymus, I do think fully that this office would have been locked. Yes. Yeah. See, and I think that's where at the start of it, I was like, "Whoa, this office!" And like, I, I am a part of office culture, so it was just sure. like, "Whoa, oh!" Yeah. I didn't even think like, "Oh, grabbing a snack," <laughs> or grabbing. A I had a drink. <laughs> I had all my snacks in my drawer. Ooh, mm. stiff drink though. I mean, I keep that, that in my drawer, things. too. But, you know, she'd run out. <laughs> she'd just go find Taryn and grab some from her. Hey, girl. Or there's a communal wine fridge or something. You, you know, you never know. <laughs> Dream office. Yeah, I'm, I'm here with strong opinions about offices in a fantasy world, considering that I've never worked in an office in the non-fantasy world. But <laughs> I think that that's kind of perfect, though, because I feel like an office in a fantasy world should be built by somebody who's never been. <laughs> who's never really... worked in an office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just my imagination of what an office would be like. exactly i think that that's kind of the ideal there's definitely a lot of like in the course of your job getting paid to stand around telling a bunch of children your tragic backstory part of that does seem i feel like that feels right i think Mm -hmm. i think althea having to just drop all of this information on them uh in this scene i mean at least she's being paid for her time right (laughs) amen this is on somebody else's dime you can tell all the stories you want and it is, it's it certainly, it feels like one of those things that she, I'm sure, would have told them eventually. Mm-hmm. And it just, this is not 
the moment, nor situation in which she would have chosen to tell them. Mm, uh, yeah. They're very lucky, I will say, that she pities these three idiots because <laughs> walking in to find, not only do you have to tell the story, but you have to tell it because a, a boy was snooping in your desk drawer. They're oh very gosh. lucky that she seems to care about them a great deal for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, I, the backstory, like, I knew going into it that it was going to be tragic, right? Because you don't, you don't, they don't break out the giant stamp that says evil on it, which I do really want. It's just a stamp I mean, that just says I evil. Guess. Like, I don't know what I would do with it, but it sounds exciting. You could do so much, um, yeah. This is also in my fantasy office. You mm-hmm. just get to stamp things Perfect. evil. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of into the showy villain for, like, a hot second. I was like, yes, this is this is what I like. A villain who, who, is, who is so into the showmanship that it starts to get kind of over the top. But then... You know, it turns yeah. out to be, oh, okay, bystanders were getting hurt. That's definitely right. not good, especially because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if a villain is villaining, um, <laughs> then you sort of expect that. But if it's really all about showmanship, I mean, this is basically like if you're filming a television show and you're like, well, I don't know, I guess that's collateral damage. Um, right. It, it shouldn't be like that. Like, I understand. Right. I understood immediately like, oh, okay, this is a really significant problem with the, the hog that we did not know about up until this point. Yes, that mm-hmm. there is definitely some some underhanded tactics, all, again, for the sake of, of money and yeah. for the sake of the name. And it's much easier to throw one person who might start some ripples under the bus mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. it is to try to weed out some... Uh, some rotten roots inside yeah. the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. not just the hog too. I mean, it the, obviously the the hog has these issues because they're the ones who are supposed to be enforcing it. But it was the right. governor of the area who was yeah. like, um, the tourism dollars though, exactly, and and yep. potentially having bribed this investigator from the hog. So I mean, he's a problem, or he or she or they, because they accepted this bribe. But you know, it's mm-hmm. it's also not. Uh, you know, it's it's very timely, I would say, living in a state yeah. that maybe cares about tourism dollars slightly more yeah. than they care about people's lives. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 100%. Uh, hi, I live in Anchorage. Yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> stay away, everybody. Yeah. But yeah, when you see the whole scope of this, uh, it seems to me that Althea is the last one who needed evil stamped on her file mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't really get better from there because she's like, well, I'm going to become an investigator so that I can fix this broken system from the inside. But even though she's, you know, she's done some good in her time, it's not it's not enough. Like there's too there's too much to work against. This is too big an organization with too many connections and too many too many places where it's rotting. You can't just cut the rot away at this point. You have to throw out the Mm -hmm. whole bushel. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, within this entire scene of the boys visiting with her in her office, Fearbug's really the one who's creating the most discussion here. He's Mm -hmm. the one who's making things happen. Because even initially, yeah, like Fitz and Argo almost shoot their chances down when they start questioning her. And it's Fearbug who's willing to listen and get her to open up to them and Mm -hmm. tell them this Mm -hmm. whole story. And then Mm -hmm. here he is, after listening to her, saying... Okay, yes, you th- it's almost it's all very cinematic. It's all very like Oh my gosh. The right? music like, behind him. Uh-huh. Fearbulg is very ready to rage against the machine at this point. He oh my is. gosh. And I love that you hear that like in Justin's way of playing him like he's getting amped up and I really mm-hmm. like that. I think that's very interesting as a character choice. 
Mm-hmm. That, like, dismantling the system is very exciting for him. (laughs) Especially when he gets just excited about, like, oh, we're disruptors, that he can sort of make it it something (laughs) from from his accounting lessons. Exactly (laughs) that. They're going to tech crunch with this. (laughs) Disrupt the system. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I thought that was especially cool. Of It's not just, I mean, because you can understand from the Fearbill standpoint of not just wanting to correct something that he believes is wrong, but being maybe potentially kind of inherently opposed to the idea of this organization, that it's just not the way that his people do things. Uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but then for him to also have it be like, but, and I also, while I've been in this world, the, these are things that I've learned about that have made this even more appealing to me as an idea that we, that we have to just genuinely disrupt the pattern of what's going on um, instead of just being mad about the fact that it's happening. Yeah, to actually actively do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do love the line. He says, if you don't want to get crushed, you got to do the crushing. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. there it is, girl. That's that's going up on the board. Yes. Also, does this place have Gary's? (laughs) Probably should have asked that. (laughs) Great question. Yeah, yeah. Maybe should ask that first. (laughs) Start of every conversation. Do you have a Gary? Pocket Gary? Can any Garys hear us right now? <laughs> and assuming that there aren't, because she does not answer, but... Yeah, I think I, apparently not. And they do, they bring her up to speed, which I like that Argo said, just yeah. listen to your brooch. <laughs> Can you imagine? They just all sit around listening to them fight slash flirt with Grey earlier. She's like, what oh are gosh. you all doing? What is even happening? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is they, they've had to sell a number of things to her in the last few minutes, Ooh, <laughs> including so like, much. we want to disrupt the system and overthrow evil, but also we're working with the main bad guy. So yeah, we're kind of working with him. We're hoping to work with you. This is a, their their pitch presentation. They're like, mm-hmm. would you like to invest in our team? <laughs> we have our own demon investor over in the Hell Kingdom. You may have heard of him, <laughs> Prince Grey. He's on board. Oh, and wait, she is the angel investor. She's the avenging angel investor. Ah. And yes, taking my joke, kicking it up a notch, <laughs> even better. There it is. <laughs> They've got both. They've got the the demon and the angel on their shoulder. Oh. I mean. This is ideal. Oh my gosh. This is, that's, that's the artwork. It's very Is this cute. what Travis has been building the whole time? <laughs> this was, he was building it for this moment exactly. Mm. I believe so. And I say great, great work. Good move. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> the long con finally paid off. It did. Um, I also really appreciated Fearball saying Althea knows how to kick this place in the nuts better than anyone. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh so much. And I always love the idea of saying something over the top like that and having nobody react to it because that just makes it even funnier. Um, But she certainly does. She's, She's their inside person. Yeah, and she does have a plan, too. I mean, I was thinking yeah. it was going to take them longer to figure out, you know, how exactly they were going to dismantle all of this. But right. the previously mentioned archives are where they store all mm-hmm. of the contracts. And this is fundamentally a bureaucracy, which means the best way to get it is to uh-huh. go after their paperwork. Yep. Start from the center and work out. Similar to how Calhane was killed. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Poor Calhane. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't a bad guy. We don't really know. We really don't know. Also, sorry, Taryn. You've, you've mm. had a bit to deal with today. I did love, though, that Althea was like, oh, I knew she was up to something. Right, right. Yeah, when she dropped her name, I was like, wait a minute, Althea. Right. And then, she yeah, just it. needed the, ah, I knew it. <laughs> I like to imagine when they were like, 
in the break room, you would just get like a side eye, from <laughs> passing each other in line for getting coffee, kind of looking mm-hmm. at each other, making cup of noodle, just kind of like mm. watching. Mm-hmm. What is she up to? Mm. <laughs> she's got a list of like three other people she's been watching. They're like, oh, I don't think any of them. Gray's like, none of these are my people. No, <laughs> she has her own murder board. <laughs> oh, she definitely. That's the thing you would be hiding here. But that one's behind like a big painting on the wall. Love oh, this yeah. idea. Yes. Flip it over. Because she does mm-hmm. immediately have a blueprint that she rolls out That's on the desk. Mm-hmm. She's been planning. And I do think that that kind of works when we have kind of this insight that she was suspecting Taryn and the fact that she has these blueprints. I'm like, okay. Was she already maybe planning to, uh, I don't know, start uh, looking at the archives? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was that or whether she had the plans because they had gotten to the point where they thought they were going to have to steal these weapons that they needed to kill Grey. There it is. Um, and, and then it was maybe maybe sense. part of that plan. But I mm-hmm. bet that is exactly it. Which, I mean, if we can grab some of those too while we're here, all the better. Right? Mm-hmm. Get me those weapons. I'd love to be just laden with weapons, including <laughs> the most mm-hmm. important weapon, the mm-hmm. weapon of knowledge. Ah. And money. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the moment of the show where the, the music is seeing us out. We're getting ready. This is our big moment. Fake out ending real quick. You had to do it. It was a great gag. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if you could just put a button on it, you know, in real life and, you know, the music swells and then you don't actually have to have figured out what you're doing next. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's a break. All right. This actual ending, though, it is time to plan a heist. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, I love a fantasy heist. I don't know why, but I love a fantasy heist. I love a fantasy heist, and they love Ocean's Twelve. Of all Why the Ocean's Why always movies? Ocean's Twelve? I There's think two a- other ones, three technically, and <laughs> I think all of them are much better than much Twelve. Much better. Twelve is the worst one, which is why I imagine everybody has to use it for the gag. Did either of you watch What We Do in the Shadows? Yes. No. Okay. I won't give anything away, but yes, there is a person who, like, the gag ends up being, like, his collection of Ocean's Twelve stuff, and you're just like, of all <laughs> the guys. <laughs> Because it's the funniest one. It is the funniest one, yeah. It's at oh least the God. funniest one to, like, make fun of. To dunk of on, yes, yeah. I'm with you. Right. <laughs> the other three, all much better. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also kind of, like, because the name is funnier, too. Because I think, I think all right. people in comedy, especially in podcasts, really love like naming structure that involves numbers. So like too fast, too mm-hmm. furious is the funniest thing that any of us have ever heard. Of course. So of course. <laughs> you have to, I think Ocean's 12 is still the same thing that they were like making Ocean's 11 and they're like, oh, what are we going to call the sequel? I guess it's going to be Ocean's 12. Is that anything? I mean, right and then they just put it on the poster. <laughs> we just need one more. One more. Andy, you're up. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have a heist. Snippers, I believe you might be key in this heist. So I mean, stay hopefully, frosty. yeah, stay frosty. Enjoy your tour of the building in a mail bin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully we remember to get you later. Oh, he's definitely going to become a plot point. There was there was that little background yeah. stuff about maybe they were going to have to flat Stanley their way in. Snippers oh is gosh. definitely going to be right. their first man in for sure. Mm-hmm. First crab. <laughs> first crab. First crab across the line. And he's going to make friends along the way. And that's how they're going to get everybody. (laughs) Love it. Well, that brings us to the end. Is there anything we forgot to mention that we would like to bring up now? I have a couple things. Oh, all right. All right. So at the very beginning, first of all, Fitzroy is all about the intimidation. Love Mm -hmm. it. Secondly, he elevated Grey to Demon King. (laughs) He did. There was a moment of like, It's a little promotion. Signing bonus. Yeah. 
Love I guess, this. When you become a part of the Thunderman LLC, you level you get up. A little, a little, a little boost. boost. Kings, yeah. kings and queens only. Love this. <laughs> I have a two technical questions about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Please. First of all, would you say that, that Thunder Wave is the equivalent of harsh sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> and second, are rogues like always stealing silverware like every time they go into a restaurant? Like, do you have to, if you take them to a tavern, can you just not stop them from stealing everything that's nailed down? Like, because they were kind of making it sound like that. Uh, in this whole conversation with Patrick Shortburton, <laughs> maybe they just couldn't trust Argo <laughs> not to fill his pockets with uh, with sugar packets and coffee stirrers. Um, and I'm I'm just wondering, is that like a like a class trait or something? <laughs> or I can't speak to D and D, but I can say I have through one means or another taken a number of items from restaurants, and I do <laughs> usually play a rogue. So I will just put that out there. But yes, B, over to you. What do you think? Um. I would say in my vast experience of D&D and mm. living with a rogue slash restauranter stealer Just human. Just thief. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, the answer would be yes and yes. Mm. Thunderwave is absolutely just, you know, a touch <laughs> more than harsh sarcasm. And yeah, you can't trust rogues for nothing. They will, they are just compelled to steal literally anything that's not nailed down. If you leave them alone in a room, you will come back to an empty room. <laughs> and they will be leaving with just the hugest coat on you've ever seen. Yes. Think the Grinch. The Grinch is mm. our classic rogue. Mm-hmm. He's the archetype. Interesting. Absolutely. And so timely, holiday season. (laughs) He's a holiday rogue. (laughs) B, did you think of the other thing you were? I think it was just uh, Argo notarizing himself was funny to me. (laughs) Having a stamp with his name, loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, it was a quick throwaway thing. And the way I wrote it was making me laugh slamming on saloon doors like they go off on that for a while and then of course slamming you can't slam a saloon door that's the whole kind of mm-hmm. point of it but um and then griff just kind of like dust definitely had saloon when doors like I you can't same thing right as soon as he said he would never put one in the world i'm like you made a cowboy world of course there were saloon doors there <laughs> i will point out you can actually slam a saloon door open you can't slam it closed. If you like you can hit it slam into it the open. wall. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm. I have I have been fair. in some very strange seventies houses. You gotta look out though, because then it could swing back at you and just get you. Oh yeah, you gotta yeah. just go in real fast. Yeah, if you don't move mm-hmm. fast enough, they will get you. I have I have dealt with saloon <laughs> doors in real life. I had a friend who had them in in their kitchen, and it was a problem. Ah, our aunt had them in her basement. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think of. Uh huh. Maybe we should bring back saloon doors. Let's bring back saloon doors. Oh, and. Once on an airplane. What? Wait, there were saloon doors on an airplane? <laughs> there were saloon what doors kind of on an airplane. To the bathroom? Oh, no. <laughs> to, the, to the pilot cockpit. What? what? Oh, because you ride in teeny tiny planes. I ride in crazy planes, y'all. <laughs> and there was one, and I had to take a picture. I'm like, uh, is there a little bar on the other side of this? Because if so. Was the pilot wearing there. a cowboy hat? Did he have a handlebar mustache? Was everyone mustache? wearing a cowboy hat? Were you required yeah, to wear everyone one? Everyone was... Yes. Now that you mention it, they did give us all cowboy hats as we entered the plane. And they were definitely um, handing out sarsaparillas. Yeah. This is all making sense now. (laughs) There you go. You were riding Wild West Airlines. I (laughs) crossed crossed into the cowboy dimension really quick. Did they say, y'all come back now, you hear, as you got off the plane? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But they do that every time, so... Did the, um, did when the oxygen masks dropped, did they also drop with the, like, bandit masks to put on with them? 
the little bandana to cover your face. <laughs> this is the best plane ever. I, mean, I can't wait to find it again. I can't wait till I can travel again, you guys. Someday. We'll all get there. <sighs> get me out of this house. <laughs> God. Amen. All right. I didn't have anything else to add, so come with me, everybody, over to the polls. Woo! <laughs> Last time we asked, what would you do with Hell once you became the new owner? The most popular answer was create a lava park for demons. Of course. Wow, that's so thoughtful. Right? Thank you so much, as always, for playing along with us. And this week, we're wondering, what's the name of the handbook for birderers? We'll have that pull up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone. And we'll meet you back here in two weeks, probably. Till then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and thank you for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Yes, don't worry, everybody. Santa did show up with Mrs. Claus and some elves. They were all in drop-top cars. It was great. I'm sure he'll be seeing you very soon, even if you're a terrible little restaurant thief like me. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>